Welcome to Ladies Who Launch, not your average business podcast. Dropping every other Wednesday, Alyssa and Dakota are two successful and opinionated marketing entrepreneurs engaging in insightful conversations with industry thought leaders, as well as casual conversations surrounding our lives as entrepreneurs. Welcome, welcome to another episode of Ladies Who Launch. Uh, This is Dakota, your co-host, and we got Alyssa here. Uh, This is kind of funny because I'm actually taping this episode from Connecticut in the United States. Alyssa's back in Calgs. How you doing, Alyssa? Living the dream here back in the lovely, lovely snow-covered Calgary. Is it snowing? uh, It did. It did? Okay. Yes, is that the word? A skiff? A skiff. I don't know. Sounds pretty. Just been, I mean, yeah, we haven't had snow until like right this moment, so nobody can complain about anything. But, but yeah, if you haven't um, followed, or if you don't follow Dakota on social, she's been uh, gallivanting our New York City, and now she's in Connecticut, going to Boston. So um, <laughs> that's been enjoyable as it snowed here to watch Dakota um, <laughs> living her best life in New York City. What can I say? I try my best. I try my best. I've been thinking about all y'all as I've been eating all the deliciousness. <laughs> yeah. Well, in New York, it sort of cancels itself out because whatever you eat, you just walk off. That's that's always what I say when I'm there. Yeah. Like, oh, 100%. I think I clocked like fifteen to 17,000 steps a day. Yeah. And uh, one thing that always bugs me so much about New York, it's like the only thing that bugs me about New York is the, is like if you are feeling a little bit lazy or you're tired, taking a cab or an Uber anywhere, like it will cost you a freaking fortune. So you got to get that subway card and yeah, just walk off all that food. Um, and the subway, once you figure it out, is so easy. And it, it's like yeah, where you meet the best New people. The New York subway isn't as easy as other major cities. I find the, the tube in London is super, super easy. Um, True. Japan is just a shit show unto itself. So they're underground system but yeah new york is the subway system is a bit of a beast to figure out at the beginning but once you do it's me yeah i love new york i love new york so much oh i do too always oh i could go on forever it was always my my dream i always thought i was gonna like work for a magazine in new york that was always sort of the i know so why aren't we doing that like let's just move there right now right like why can't we i mean especially now in covid times it's like you can work anywhere like yeah, we'll, we'll start just off share as a 200-square-foot apartment and yeah, live like well, Bradshaw. Well, that's what I did for a week. I rented an Airbnb. Um, every other time I've gone, I've stayed in a hotel. Um, this time I was like, I want to actually live like a New Yorker. So I found this little Airbnb. It turns out it was on this super historic street in the East Village. My la- my landlord quote <laughs> was um, super cool. He was like an actor slash musician slash writer, like such a New Yorker. Um, and my girlfriend actually came and stayed for a little bit and our place was legitimately like maybe 400 square feet. It was quite interesting. The bathroom was on top of the kitchen and the kitchen was on top of the living room and so forth. Um, but it was actually really cozy. Like I, I was like, yeah, less is more. I kind of like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there is a different, we sort of get very, uh, spoiled or, or sort of in our thinking that everyone has to have a big house and a yard. And I mean, that's such a sort of... Uh. Um, North American way to think, but then when you go visit any major city in the world, 
And people raise families in less than 500 square feet and the kids are totally fine and they go to the park. And the thing with like major cities, like places like New York and London and all the big cities are no one spends time in their abode. Like if you live in New York, you are never in your place. Like you are always out, like you're working, you're at the park, you're like, they don't build the spaces for everybody to sort of sit around and watch TV like we sort of do, which I find interesting. But yeah, there is sort of a, and no one cooks. Like, I mean, if you live in New York, why would you cook? Um, so yeah, kitchens aren't a thing really. I mean, yeah, it's just a totally yeah. different. So I'm always a big proponent of, of people traveling and, and traveling not to your all-inclusive in Mexico or your weekend or your weekend in Vegas, yeah. like actually traveling and seeing how people live in other places because we just had a very warped sense of um, reality growing up in um, and living in Canada specifically was like land to the nth degree. And there's just open spaces everywhere that like 90% of the world doesn't live like that. So anyway, yeah. Oh yeah. It's one of my favorites. Totally. They use space in New York so well. I just, I just have to say that as well. Like it's, it's kind of like revitalized tenement housing. Tenement Mm -hmm. housing was really not great. Like it was a lot of, um, like impoverished, like, you know, multifamily units, really not, not an awesome way to live, but they've like repurposed those buildings. And yeah, people just like, they, they utilize space so well in New York. It's very interesting. You live on top of where you work and so on and so forth. And yeah, it's it's quite cool that way. And I definitely noticed all the things that Alyssa mentioned, which is why I wanted to experience that and really see what it was like. Um, but yeah, I, I was like pretty happy. Like I didn't really miss having all this like random space that I don't use. So, don't use, I know. And I try so to much. use most of the space in my house. Um, I have like one room that's kind of empty and hanging out. Um, and it bothers me a little bit, but <laughs> otherwise... But yeah, it is it is interesting to see how little space and how little things you can yeah. exist with. Um totally. Like if you look around our houses nice. and just full of like just crap that, that you've purchased in some way, like going through closets and how many closet purges do I do? Because it's just clothes upon clothes. And it's just like, yeah, if you lived in New York, you'd have like five cool outfits. Yeah. And you'd rotate them and like that would be awesome. And Par- Parisians are like shit. that too, right? Women in Paris, like they have like very expensive clothes, like Chanel or whatever, but they'll have yeah. like one trench coat. Yeah. Instead like of 10. Chanel, like right. One Burberry trench coat and that's what they wear. But it's like, yeah, you invest in good clothes and you have like a few things and yeah. you look like a million bucks. You know, I do have to say, like I could be a little bit better, but I that is kind of how I've tried to to do my lifestyle here and er, back in Calgary as well. Like I've got my one like winter coat. I've had it now for almost five years. I invested in a really good one. I bought it from Crab Apple Clothing in Marta Loop. Shout out to Whitney, the owner. Um, like, and I spent a pretty penny on it, but like it's lasted me five winters. It still looks brand new. Um and I think my only problem is like, I probably have a little too many shoes and I, I will be the first to admit that I don't wear them all. Um, and they kind of clutter my closet. But I feel like I've been pretty good with mm-hmm. my clothes. Like I do a good purge every now and again. Um, I re- I do not shop the way that I used to shop by no. any, any stretch. And I was pretty well, impressed with my packing job coming here too, I'll say. And speaking of shopping, this is yes. my rant for this week. Because- oh, yeah. Yeah, let's segue into your last Friday. Because this past week was Black Friday, Cyber Monday, because it was Thanksgiving in the States and 
whatever. So this is like the thing and everybody shop. I mean, I guess Black Friday is kind of like their our boxing day to them or whatever. And then Cyber Monday is the online shopping. I can't do this anymore. Like I cannot take the mass consumerism and the absolute junk coming into my inbox and on Instagram and all of it for those two days. It's just, it's, it's actually gross. And I think I probably unsubscribed to, I would say 25 to 35 new e-newsletters that came into my inbox over that, that those days. Um, because it's just like, I didn't even know I was subscribed to William Sonoma. So bye-bye William Sonoma because you send me a thing once a year or whatever but then it's like Old Navy like ramps up their regular five emails a day to 10 emails a day and it's just we going through COVID I I mean I was this all this bothered me before like this sort of blatant like mass consumeristic like lives we all live but going through COVID and like you said I'm not shopping like I used to because where are we going? Like I'm not buying clothes and all the things and that I used to do. So seeing it all still continue as though nothing's happened. I'm just like, did we, have we not learned anything these past two years that like buying crap doesn't make anyone feel better. And I'm sorry, small businesses. I get that this is your bread and butter or whatever, but you do not need to fall into the trap of the old navies and the whatever, just because you think you have to. I think I don't, I would love to know from a small business owner, like a retail or a, or a, or a product based um, small business owner, whether they saw any traction on those two days, because honestly, the noise is so much that I can't imagine that if you're a small business that you would have seen any great, um, increase in your sales or your visibility or anything because you're just drowned out by all the mass mass uh, retailers right Mm -hmm. um so that just i mean it just sort of seeing all this come through my inbox and just like not even being able to go on instagram because it was just sell this and sell this and buy this you need this and it's like no i don't no one needs and no one needs any of these things like i get it like i'm a small business owner you're a small business owner we understand but it's like I'm not out there like discounting my services because it's Black Friday. Like as service providers, we just don't participate in these sorts of things. So as a small business product purveyor, I'm not sure that you're it's really beneficial. And you can yell at me if I'm wrong and I will take that loss. But as a consumer, just as an outside consumer, it is gross and it is unnecessary. And whatever you bought, if you bought things on Black Friday or Cyber Monday, guaranteed by January 12th, you won't even know you have them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I totally hear you. And honestly, I did a bit of a Black Friday campaign for one of my clients and we were like thoroughly discussed it before we did it. And we were like, does this really make sense? And we both were kind of laughing about how stupid Black Friday is in and of itself. Um, I think like, I think if you can position it in a way that's um, interesting and maybe like position it even earlier in the month and like, don't, don't do this ridiculous blast out. Like, okay, just a quick rant on my end as well. Giving Tuesday. Oh God. Yeah. Let's just okay. Okay. So like, I, I want to say four of my clients 
are, you know, like they're nonprofit. So we do like a fairly large Giving Tuesday push. Um, I want to say like one of my clients, we did a cool Giving Tuesday push because they came up ahead of time with their master comms team um, with this super cool way to do Giving Tuesday. And it was like this amazing storytelling piece. It had quotes from specific people involved in their institution and how like dollars benefit these people and how it like gives them a brighter future. And we just like did cool stuff all month long. We had like fun challenges happening that people could like very specific audiences could participate in. And it was just like a month long thing. But this whole like, and like, sorry, I'm going to just, I'm not going to name any names, but I do have a couple of like I do have a couple of people that I work with that it's like, okay, can you just draft up like 10 tweets for Giving Tuesday? And it's like, nobody's even going to see that. And we need to do something cooler. Like it needs to be a more built out campaign if we're going to get involved. And then on top of that, I don't get Giving Tuesday. Because I don't they, get it either. Like, okay, first of all, their website is a freaking shit show. Their branding is never updated. It's always that terrible maroon color that doesn't match anybody else's branding, but you have to put their freaking shit on your stuff. And then on top of it, their toolkits suck. Like trying to download their social graphics and things like that, t- like it like doesn't work. Um, like the file sharing doesn't work. And then when it does, like it doesn't match anything. Like the way that they've like strategized it is just god awful. They need to do like a full rebrand. And then on top of that, they tell you to like save the date, which makes zero sense. Like, what are you saving the date for? So I I just think like Giving Tuesday in and of itself needs to be like, it's a great initiative, but it needs to be completely revamped. So just the timing of it is is like, it's like the, the, the nonprofit sector or the charitable sector realized that retailers were making bank on Black Friday and Cyber Monday. So it's like, we need to do something. But um, just think about this for a second. As we were just talking about mass consumerism and people buying shit they don't need. Yeah. You dropped like $500 on shit you don't need between Friday and Monday. Yeah. That's probably the $500 that you could have um, given to a, chi- to a charity for Giving yeah. Tuesday. So positioning Giving Tuesday after the two biggest um, money outpours of the year like How what does that, does that, that do? Because now you're you're approaching people to donate to good causes and like charities. Yeah, and that's great. With money that they probably don't have now. Yeah, like it's stupid. it would be better like positioning wise to do it before or like the whole thing makes no sense because yeah. again they're just riding on the coattails of some sort of mass marketing campaign of people yeah. giving money to things or buying stuff, but you're. It doesn't differentiate anything. And Mm -hmm. you're also talking to people who've already spent all their Christmas money or whatever it is there. Yeah, the whole, yeah. The whole thing is just completely disingenuous. (laughs) Yeah, Giving Tuesday, give us a shout if you want a better mark on blood. No offense. (laughs) Yeah, well, hire us because we can like help because (laughs) it's really bad. Anywho. Oh, anywho. So what are we talking about today, Alyssa? I feel like you have some things you want to say. Uh, well, this, uh, I mean, it all sort of goes into, I mean, as I ranted about Black Friday, um, Cyber Monday, um, this topic came about because, or what we're going to talk about today, because I had seen last week, I sent this to Dakota, that um, some very big retailers are pulling out of social media, um, Patagonia for one and Lush. Um, being the one that was just announced in the last week that they're pulling off 
their accounts from social media due to um, mental health concerns and they don't feel that it's a um, a positive space anymore and they don't and they're probably in the same boat as everyone like I mean um, but online purchasing and, and and stuff they're probably having issues with so when I sent this information to Dakota it made me really think because a lot of times the big retailers or big corporations generally are kind of the canaries in the coal mine because they have the funds to sort of make these decisions and test them out. So if places like Patagonia or Lush or any of these huge, big um, corporate corporate retailers are deciding that social media is not the place for them anymore, and they're the ones that are going to be testing this out, all of the mid-level to, like it all trickles down, right, to the mid-level and like how it affects small businesses, maybe six, eight, 12, 15, 18 months down the road. But I think why I wanted to discuss this topic is because we, as individuals and small business owners, have seen the massive effects of the cha- continuing changes to Facebook and, well, now Meta or whatever it's called, um, and trying to get traction on any unpaid po- unpaid media. It all seems to be a pay-to-play model now and how you can um, have a place on social just in, in terms of organic posting and organic reach. So when those, when I saw those news stories, I was like, oh, this is kind of a topic to discuss because it's always sort of been in the background in terms of small businesses always complaining about where do we fit in this online space because we can't, we don't have budgets of people like Lush, people, it's a corporation, <laughs> places like Lush to make an impact online. And now you're seeing Lush just pull out completely. And what does that mean for everyone else? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely a really interesting case study. Um, I think the purpose of Lush and Patagonia pulling out of social media is to spark change by way of almost forcing Facebook to review its practices and policies, which apparently it's been doing and already doing. Um, obviously, we've seen a lot of really crappy things come out of Facebook this year in terms of like privacy issues. Um, definitely some like... It's it's not as safe of a space as it used to be in terms of content and um, fake news and things like that. And yes, it's definitely a pay-to-play model when it comes to um, building notoriety and followership and things like that. But I do really still believe that social media... Um, has a huge like place in marketing. And um, I think that it is a bit of a missed opportunity if you're if you're not on it. But I think again, it has to be strategic. And I'm not surprised that Facebook in particular is going this way just because it was a bit of a dinosaur the last couple of years. Um, and even like now there's there's newer channels that are coming out that are like competing with Instagram as well. And Instagram's trying to compete with those channels. And so I think that social media can still be done strategically from an organic and paid standpoint, but that paid piece is always going to be there. And so how do you as a small business um, compete with the bigger companies? Well, you don't. So I think what I hope comes out of this is that Facebook does actually make some change based off of the fact that some pretty big players are pulling out. Sadly, I don't think only two of them doing that is really going to do much. I think more will have to do it in order for it to really make change and effect. Um, But if you're a small business, I mean, I think 
you can still be successful on social. Um, but you just have to understand where your audience is and what channels you want to be on and also what your business model is. So like if you're an online business, then absolutely it makes sense for you to be on social media. But if you have a brick and mortar, let's say in Calgary, and a lot of your traffic comes from pass or like people that are passing by the store, that kind of thing, like you have to know where you're building your following. Um, and then you'll have you have to build your kind of sales funnel and and drip campaign, if you will, based off of that. So I think what we're learning through all of this is that not everybody belongs on social. And the old adage used to be that um, everybody should be on social. And honestly, I don't think that that's true anymore. So it's really looking at, should I be on social? Does that effort make sense for me? Um, should I be putting money into social media or should I be putting it elsewhere? And I think for a business owner like myself, what I've done uh, to try and be smart is I've looked at my business model and realized that I don't only want to be doing social media moving forward. And we've completely remodeled our business into something new uh, that kind of takes care of a number of different areas of marketing, but we still focus on digital and social. Yeah, it'd be interesting to uh, get opinion from other sort of social agencies or digital agencies because I'm finding now just as a outside observer as an Instagram, TikTok, whatever user that more and more social media mm-hmm. companies or social media people like influencers yep. Managers or whatever, and whatever yep. are utilizing, are having to utilize social for their own um, business development because they haven't they haven't expanded their business into actually understanding the larger picture. So I'm finding that more sort of social media agency people are having to sort of be the, like, for example, what I've seen a lot of recently is a lot of social media managers or social media companies um, doing a lot of give free, free downloads, free giveaways. So it's like, like joining their email list and they'll like give you, downloaded Instagram templates or um, like pre-done Insta story templates, like anything like that to get people sort of in their network and they're giving away all these sort of um, download freebies. And to be perfectly honest, I don't know how sustainable any of that can be because... um, I've never bought into that, honestly. I business model under like what was sort of the rationale that is going behind all of these decisions. But I'm seeing that even now from... Um, people who are like marketers and all of that. And it's like, oh, like download our free, um, how to do your marketing plan in five steps. And like, you have to join their e-newsletter list or whatever. I don't know. I mean, it seems to be the thing right now, like the going thing with like giving away freebies and downloads to get on the e-newsletter list. But I also don't really understand unless you're going to use your e-marketing for any sort of purpose. I don't really know what you're doing with all these names that you're 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 getting yeah. through that process. It just seems like everybody's kind of throwing a whole bunch of crap against the wall and seeing what sticks. And there no. doesn't seem to be a lot of business acumen behind any of it. No, you're right. And honestly, I really question email marketing campaigns recently, like as we've kind of discussed earlier in this episode with Black Friday and Cyber Monday. Um 
like, yeah, like if you're collecting data and people's addresses and names and, and our email addresses and names and all that, like you really do have to have like a firm kind of plan as to what are you serving them, how often, and like, what is it? Like, what what bottom line is it fulfilling? And I definitely think you can. Like, I've seen some really brilliant email campaigns yeah. work quite well with like, for instance, skincare products. Um, like Sephora, actually, I would say has like a pretty good... Like, I love getting Sephora emails because yeah. there's always like I a will deal never give in there. Emails. Yeah, exactly. And so like taking kind of the lead from brands like that. <clears throat> but yeah, I think the freebie thing is interesting. It's never been something that I've bought into because first of all, it's a lot of like work for like... Unless you're going to do something with that for a long period of time... Um, Like I think the only way that there's a payoff there is if you're getting sort of like a bite-sized tidbit around something that you have to buy that's bigger. So it's like, take this free course on how to build your Instagram profile and then sign up for this workshop um, to like keep going. So you're kind of like teasing and then you're, you have to buy like the bigger package. That's the only way I really see that working. I can definitely see though how collecting, if you're going to, captivate people in a way that actually makes sense and and they're finding value in your newsletters. I think that that's brilliant. But yeah, everyone and their dog are doing these freebies and it's all fine and dandy, but like you can do that through your content. Some of the content that I've been loving so much lately um, is like, there's been a couple of really cool accounts I've seen recently that they just do like really neat carousels on like five uh, free stock imagery sites to use to build your graphics. Um, like five ways to use Canva better. Like I love those. Love those, those too. I really yeah. love. I save them constantly. Those I think are freaking brilliant. Yeah. And that's where Social Centric is moving into 2022. We're going to be doing a lot more content like that. So yeah, it's, it's quite interesting. Like I'm really intrigued to see where social actually goes because Alyssa and I predicted this five years ago. Like when I started Social Centric, she and I had a number of very um like intense conversations about like, okay, but make sure you're like constantly pivoting because social is constantly pivoting. And at some point it might become irrelevant or like it'll change drastically. Um, but I do still think like <clears throat> it has its place. I think that a lot of people um, like I think that there's there's a need to learn about it. I think there's a need to for companies to be in place to teach people about tr- emerging trends and and to be able to deal with the fallout from things like all the crap that Facebook has gone through this this year. Like I can't tell you how many people I've just like helped reconnect things or fix like giant messes or put out fires, crisis situations this year. Like I would say have been huge for us. Um, and I've learned some really cool things for moving forward for some services that I want to offer. Um, and so it's kind of just making sure that you can adapt to that for sure. But you really do have to be on the up and up and know how things work. And things have gotten so much more complicated than they used to be five years ago. Even just uh, with like making a business manager. It's totally different now. Oh yeah. Don't, even, <laughs> don't even get me started on business manager. I'm just going to shout out... Um, my good friends and 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 former clients, Alberta Food Tours. When I set up again, when you're dealing, when you're talking about like five, six years ago and how things have changed. So when I set up their uh, Facebook, Instagram accounts, like those a bazillion years yeah. ago, yeah, your Facebook manager did, didn't exist. And so when 
Facebook, so Facebook business manager became a thing. And yeah. I set up my Alyssa Berry communications business manager. Yeah. It ate all of the, um, uh, pages and accounts that I was like, I had set up and I was admin on mm-hmm. and loaded and, and added them as the, they were owned by Alyssa Berry communications. So most of them, I was able to figure out and change them and whatever, but for whatever reason, Alberta food tours, we could not figure out how to make Alberta food tours, the owner of their own friggin' Facebook and Instagram page. Cause it showed up as Alyssa Berry communications owned it. And we went through the whole thing. I went through Facebook customer service and all these things because they have their own, but because they didn't have their own business manager and then I couldn't set them up as a business manager because I owned the pages or like my business owned the pages. It was so we ended up having to meet. So Karen and I and Nicole, we met like a restaurant and basically I, as Alyssa, because again, this is where Facebook, um, the major (laughs) Facebook is that everyone if you if you manage pages, you have to have a personal Facebook account. So even though it's your business that's managing the pages, you as a your personal account is the the de facto um, baseline for all of it. Mm-hmm. So I, as Alyssa, had to go and remove myself and them from my accounts, and then as Alyssa Berry Communications, I had to. Um, remove them, but what they had to do on their end is they had to um, they had to deactivate all their connective pieces. So they had to deactivate themselves God. from their Facebook page and deactivate their Instagram, so that I could then, on my end, deactivate me as owner. I mean, we were all sweating because no one had done this before, and we're just like, what if we lose all their pages? Like it was just so crazy, but it worked. Like we were finally able to, and then. So as soon as Alberta Food Tours came available for ownership, Karen was able to swoop in as Karen Anderson and own it. Oh my God. It's the craziest system. And this is inherently why social or or Facebook in particular is always so problematic is because Mm -hmm. they will roll out new things, but they don't actually teach anyone how to do it. So if you're like, so when Facebook manager first came in, everybody who was an early adopter of businesses like went through the process to set up, but but they didn't, there was no indication of how this affected all of the accounts that you manage. Yeah. And so all of those sorts of things, like, I mean, there could be a business built just on helping people like get ownership of their business pages because honest to God, Facebook has no idea. Yeah. Their customer service people have no idea. Yeah. Because they don't, it, it, it is so bizarre, but because Facebook and well, meta, that mm-hmm. owns all of them now has become such a monolith. And because now they seem fo- they seem so focused on um, sort of um, purveyor being the purveyors of um, misinformation and pushing out like conspiracy theories. And that seems to be where they've landed in the, in the scheme that there's zero support for anyone who actually works on Facebook anymore. Like, and I think that's why so many small businesses struggle so much because um, is because you start a, a, a business page or you start whatever. And there is no support for mm-hmm. anyone on how to do any of this because mm-hmm. Facebook won't tell you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's really and interesting. five years later, you're trying to figure out how to get ownership of your own damn page. Yeah. So this is where kind of we're the space that we want to move into because there's been more and more increased demand for support with this stuff. 
that's that's being required because yeah, it's like it's like talking to a freaking airline about traveling during COVID. Yeah. <laughs> the communication is so flawed. Um, but yeah, anyways, Alyssa's right. You could like go on forever and just like build an entire but business around this. From but... a business perspective, like what you were saying earlier about there's so many options now and there's so many places that you can have you can land as a small business. Yeah. You have to figure out where you actually need to be. Like, do you need to be on Twitter? Do you like need to have TikTok? Like, yeah, it takes a lot and more. And what work are you? Mm-hmm. Sorry, and what like what are you doing on each of these channels? Like, yeah. maybe you only have an advertising strategy and a little bit of organic content to kind of have a bit of a presence, which is generally like the beautiful kind of mixture. Um, but yeah, like if you're trying to engage with youth, you know, like you could primarily be doing advertising on TikTok, for instance. So it, yeah, it really is just, and honestly, that's what my company does. So if anybody needs help with a strategy um, or like they don't know how to use a channel or they need like a specific channel strategy, like this is what we do. Um, and I would recommend hiring an expert to help you out because it is a very complicated wreck right now in terms of. Um, getting yourself set up. Like it used to be that you could figure all, out all of this stuff on your own, and now it's just be, become quite complicated. So, and I will actually be the one to tell you whether you even need social anyway. Yeah. That's my <laughs> Unless job. I will be the one to, exactly. So, I'll be like, uh, is this really yeah. necessary? And if it is, I'll tell you to go to Dakota. But yeah, you, but I need the first step. You got it. Yeah. Out, like, yeah. Is this, is this necessary? Because I think people get steps one through four and go to step five. Oh, they just think, yeah, they just think it's like the end all be all. But we want to hear from you guys as to whether or not uh, social has been working for you as well as we want to hear your grievance stories. We want to hear your social media grievance stories. So DM us at ladies who launch pod on Instagram um, and let us know your grievances with social media this year because we would love to highlight them on our stories and talk about them in our next episode. Also, stay tuned. Alyssa and I are going to be dropping a local Calgary gift guide um, in the coming weeks with the upcoming holiday season. We always like to talk about shopping local over the big box stores. We're going to be talking about our favorite spots. And we're going to be doing a 2021 wrap-up and talking a little bit about what is in store for 2022. So thank you as always to all of you for subscribing, loving, giving us 5 stars. And we will chat with you soon. Bye. Thank you for listening to Ladies Who Launch. Join Dakota and Alyssa every second Wednesday for more conversations and interesting guests. Be sure to give us a five-star rating and connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. If you send us a question, we may answer it on a future episode. 